Hi, before we get started with the episode, we just wanted to point you in the direction of the social accounts we've set up for the show to help you guys engage with us and communicate and get involved with our show. You can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. Emailing us will really be the best way to talk to us directly and conversate with us on air during the show. Also, be sure to like You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter at You Can't Disappod. That's Disappod like Disappoint. So there's one S and two P's. Well, thanks for tuning in and let's kick off the episode. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to show her that I am not the jerk she thinks I am and friend the hell out of that green tea drinking drum circler. Okay, but tell me you noticed how small his nipples are. Not engaging. Ah, that's not gossip when it's bad. My kids have hands just with bigger nips. All right, let's get this show started. Hi. Let's get ready to rumble! Hi, I am Dr. Doogie Seacrest, and welcome to episode four of You Can't Disappoint podcast. Today we've got a special guest. It's a, a co-host we're trying out. Not feeling great. We're going to see where this goes. His name is Stephen Baker. He's here in the studio with us. Hi! Yay! You don't Hi. have to. I'm a. It's, it's... I, I'm a red-haired. Desperate. That was the studio audience, not me. Um, I'm a red-haired, desperate housewife. <laughs> you sure are. <laughs> if I've ever seen one. <laughs> so hey, buddy, oh. how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good. We haven't really talked a lot since the last time we recorded. No, thank goodness. Good. I know. It's so nice to get a break. Yeah, I hope the audience realizes that we can literally only stomach the hour and a half to hour and 45 minutes that it takes us to record these episodes. Yeah, we spend a lot of time in our separate trailers. Yeah. I actually requested a separate lot, but we didn't have the budget. Maybe season two. Okay, we want to give a, a shout out to a Twitter page that's given us a lot of uh, support and um, has retweeted us and shared our stuff. So shout out to the communities twitter page um is the at communities like yeah it's, it, like it's yeah that's what i thought it's c-o-m-m-u-n-i-e-s-s two s's yeah that's what it yeah. was they've been really great they're helping us out uh like i always say if you're here listening because of them thank you and yeah. uh go check them out if you're not familiar with them absolutely follow their page um because it's a great kind of resource to find a bunch of other community things out there the other thing um we talked about at the end of last week if you like our show and what we're doing here share us and help us spread our show to other people i'm sure you've got a friend or two that likes community or likes podcasts so you can share us with them or else absolutely or you know if you have a grandparent or an elderly person in your life that needs a little bit of tech help we'll throw in a tip every once in a while right Right. Yeah. <laughs> this shows something for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to ask you just because I haven't heard a lot about it. You're back at work this week. Yeah, I am. Yeah, we uh, we're doing like a staggered schedule. Um, so so I work at a, a barroom dance studio because I don't think people will know that. Uh, and basically, you know, we teach dance lessons in person and that really doesn't work during a quarantine so the studio has been closed 
um, for the last several months. Um, but we're opening up, so there's only going to be a few of us in the building at a time um, to keep the numbers low. But yeah, I uh, worked uh, the other day for the first time with other people, so that was neat. Nice to not be the only person in the in the building when I'm teaching, so that's good. Teaching virtually, that is. Well, I was going to ask, because you're pretty close to the heart of downtown, is there a lot of... I don't know, is downtown still crazy because of the protesting, or is stuff kind of slowed um, down? Stuff has gone a little bit more back to normal downtown. Um, it's not, like, blocked off like it was uh, last week anymore, but it, most of the businesses, because I'm kind of in the heart of, like, a, a pretty busy restaurant area, Yeah, yeah. Um, most of those are still closed. A few places, um, especially a little further from downtown, are opening up, like, outdoor seating now, which is neat. I haven't been, but, uh, um, but yeah, it's starting, the city's starting to come back to life a little bit, so that's good. Well, speaking of, like, things coming back to life, you know that I'm a big theme park enthusiast? Yeah. And this year was going to be my first year with this, like, season pass that gets me access to a bunch of different theme parks, and then none of them are opening. Oh, no. Uh, The good thing is that now they've extended it for this year when they open and all of next year. That's pretty great. But... Things are starting to open soon, and I don't know. I really am anxious to go back and do some of that stuff, and I trust a lot of the precautions that they're taking, but it is kind of, you know, putting myself in a hairy situation or kind of like asking for something bad to happen. So I don't know. Yeah, It's I so think conflicting that... to, see, to see things <laughs> open because I want to go have fun and do stuff. and Right? It's like I want the world to, to restart again or to, to start back up yeah. and, and to be able to go do things. But at the same time, I'm like, let's I can't, not rush it. I can't just do that because I want to. And that's what it is. Absolutely. I wanted to give a really quick update on something we talked about last week. I really loved the conversation we had about um, old people. I went to help my grandparents with their phone. Yeah. And it went exactly as I thought it would after talking about <laughs> it. My... Okay, so there was nothing wrong with their cell phone. That's great. The, the, like, it worked exactly as described. And <laughs> then, like, how I said about, like, them finding the podcast and being like, oh, I know that they'll, that they'll, uh, I feel comfortable saying stuff because I know that they won't find it. They brought up my podcast. Oh, my and God. And they were like, we don't know how to find it. <laughs> <laughs> and my grandpa was fiddling around on his phone for a while. And then he was like, oh, look, I found it. And he pulled up the phone, and it wasn't our podcast. It was, like, just the Apple Podcast app. Because they amazing. have no idea what podcast He probably means, so they were went just to like, podcast. Google.com, or he Google saw a search podcast. bar. And then he searched uh, – <laughs> Google just popped up on my phone. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he probably searched, like, Zach Podcast Family. <laughs> And <laughs> or or phone podcast listen. And when it didn't instantly start playing, he's like, "Oh, it's broken again." <laughs> it's broken. Ah, damn thing. See, so, yeah, it was fun that they mentioned it, and it was exactly how I thought it was going to go. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so we're here today to talk about the fourth episode of Community Social Psychology. Yeah, I'm a a fan of this episode. I thought it was pretty funny. It has um a few I, I like it because it kind of has a, a bunch of different characters that we've seen just glimpses of before um, and then it also is our first kind of Annie story 
which yes. is exciting. It was directed by Anthony Russo. So, so far, all the episodes have been directed by the Russo brothers, which is really cool. Mm. They've definitely established a look for the show. Yeah, totally. And it was written by Liz Kakowski, who was another name that I wasn't familiar with, so I dug deeper. She only was credited writing one other episode of the series, and it's actually Comparative Religion, which is this season's uh, Christmas episode. Oh, really? And Community does its Christmas and Halloween episodes really well, and this might be a little bit of a hot take or unpopular opinion, but I think the season one Christmas special is my favorite. So your I was, favorite one? Yeah, wow. and that's her only other credited episode. So that's a pretty good short track record of writing yeah, for this for show. Sure. It originally aired on October 8th, 2009. And, you know, I feel like I gotta say it. I think this was my least favorite episode so far. Um, I will agree with that to a degree. Uh, I think I might like this one better than the pilot. Okay, I can I can give you that. I understand mm-hmm. that. I think I just hold the pilot up because it's the start of it all. Yeah. I don't know. I don't dislike this episode, and there are characters I like. Like you mentioned, Annie having a having more of a, a focus in this episode is nice. There are some. There are a lot of one liners and bits that I really like. There are a couple of things that made me laugh really hard. Absolutely. I don't know what it is that I don't quite like about it. I think this one feels the most sitcommy so far. I would agree with that 100%. This is like textbook, kind of clear-cut storyline, no real yeah. surprises. Like, you know, the setup is pretty straightforward. And more so than all the other episodes we've watched, this one feels the least like what I love Community for. It's kind of broad, and, well, I don't know. I'm sure as we talk about it through the episode, I'll give you some better answers to why I struggle a little bit with this one. Totally. So why don't we go right into trivia? I had trouble with trivia this week, just like I kind of had trouble with the episode just a little bit this week. So I only Mm -hmm. have three questions. Okay, well, I I have a bonus one. Okay, so then go ahead. Okay, question number one. According to Britta, Britta, what activity does Jeff have a gold medal in? Jibber jabber. Jibber jabber is correct. I thought that was a good line. I did too. That, that that's how that was a playful kind of punch the shoulder uh brother sister almost kind of relationship between the two of them. Absolutely, which, you know, to, to this point is more what Britta has set up that she wants with the exception right. of kissing him in the face last episode, but it's Right. Fine. Well, who hasn't done Star that Wars. with their sibling a couple you know. times, you know? What? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah what you said. <laughs> okay, um, what awards were tonight? Oh my god, the Soul Train Awards. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, almost one of mine. That was really funny. A really that funny was really breakdown. good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. All right. Okay, so we know, Zach, that Duncan's purse was in his duffel. But where <laughs> is Duncan's duffel? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend to know or be able to <laughs> grasp that one. I seem to have left my purse in my duffel and my duffel in the boots of my lorry, so... Well, you see, my purse... Is in my duffel, and my duffel is in the boot of my lorry. So um, it is in the oh boot of his lorry. This co-host <laughs> tryout is not going great for you, buddy. <laughs> Did you not like my aggressive British accent? I thought it was it was spot on. That was a British accent. <laughs> okay, here's my next trivia question. 
what is a bumblebee nickname? Oh, crap. I laughed at this line because I thought it was so cute. I thought it, it was, was too. Um, something in, in to the point, right? Mm. Cute. What was it? What was it? Mm. It was no. cute but stings. Cute like a but bumblebee. stings like a bumblebee. That's what it was. That's cute. I like I that one. I do forget what the nickname that she's called a bumblebee nickname was, though. It was like... Mm-hmm. It was about her being gossipy. I don't know. Um, yeah. What you got? What you got? Okay. How long... Did Abed last in the experiment before Annie told him to go home? It was mentioned several times. Yeah. That's why I threw this one at you. I think, was it 26 hours? It was 26 hours. Nice. Okay. Um, and my final question. What does Vaughn do every time he greets a room? <laughs> he says hello three times. Yes. Yes, he does. Hi. Hi. Hey, what's hello. up? How are you? <laughs> hey, what's up? Good evening. <laughs> I feel like I kind of do that sometimes. I, I definitely like say it's a Midwestern hi, thing. hello, how are you? <laughs> hey, what's up? I I do too. I'm like, hey, what's up? I greet every two people as if it's like a crowd of hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming hello. out. You've Thank been a you. great crowd. How's the that's, traffic? That's basically us with this podcast. It is. Directing. Addressing two people as if they're a crowd of thousands. Right. Yeah. Uh, so this one, it's it's okay because it's a it's a hard one. I threw okay. one really hard one in there, in case there was a tie. And this one, and I'll give you like a thirty to forty five minute window. You know. <laughs> okay. Did Troy last in the experiment? Oh, I don't know. That's okay. He no, lasted. Give me a give me a second. You got give it. You second. got it. You got this. I, I feel like I need to give at least a healthy, educated, wrong guess. Mm-hmm. Um. We know it's less than 26 hours. Right. Well, it was... I don't know what time it was when the thing started, because it was definitely at night, because he missed the Soul Train Awards. Mm-hmm. I want to say... I'm going to say, like, eight hours. Eight hours. Okay. He actually only made it three hours and four minutes. That's a pretty long time. I don't think I would wait that long. That's a long time. Um, what's crazier about that means that Abed sat there for about 23 hours alone. What a good friend. Right? What a good friend. Okay, so a couple of things before we dive into the episode that I took note of. This is the first appearance of Vaughn, who is a recurring character just in the first season that I like quite a bit. I like Vaughn, too. He's kind of indicative of the show that this was earlier. Mm -hmm. He's, He's a different kind of character than the rest of Community, but I think he's really funny. And kind of like Professor Whitman last week, he's so genuine. Absolutely, and it's like... You know, part of you is rooting against Vaughn, but at the same time, Vaughn didn't do anything wrong, and he's not a bad guy at all. Right. And Eric Christian Olsen is another kind of familiar face. He shows up in a lot of stuff. He's been on NCIS Los Angeles for a really long time now. Mm. He's one of the main characters on that show. And he was also in some of the movies, like Not Another Teen Movie. Yeah. And he was also in Dumb and Dumberer which was like a prequel to Dumb and Dumber about the characters as kids, and he played Jim Carrey's character. Wow. I didn't watch Dumb and Dumberer. It's really because, bad. Yeah. You I, don't need to. I figured that I would be okay not seeing that one or the... Um, Dumb and Dumber 2. What, what's the most recent one? There, so the one with Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels again was Dumb and Dumber 2. Yeah. 
bad. I watched that one just because it was the same, the original people, but mm-hmm. it wasn't great. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Uh, also, this is this episode is the first time we see Garrett. Oh, it is, isn't it? He doesn't have a name in this episode, but he's very much present and yeah. he sticks out. He's great. We'll get to it when we get to that part, but Duncan has a great burn against him. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. And the other thing before we start the episode, because I want to get on the same page about this, this episode, the broadcast version that was on TV and the DVD version, which I watched for this review, are different. How different? Um, because I noticed that there was an alternate theme song in the one that I watched. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Alternate they... theme song meaning what? Well, I guess not necessarily alternate. They played like part it was just of like the, the very end. The, it was just like I can't count the reasons I should stay. I don't think I had it? any lyrics. I don't remember exactly now that I'm thinking about it. Well, basically, the opening scene with Chang teaching class is totally different in two versions. Are you for real? The one that I watched, it's basically just Chang teaching class, and the joke is that. He's speaking in Spanish and writing on the chalkboard like scribbles, mm-hmm. and nobody can tell what he's writing because it's scribbles, <laughs> and everyone's kind of looking like he's crazy. That That's was the funny. version that was on the DVD. That was what I watched. The broadcast version, which I watched right before we started recording, I liked a lot better, which might be what you watched. It was like Chang talking about teacher evaluations. Yeah, and he and he says, you know, and they were all, you know, really nice and encouraging. Except one was know, really racist. Really racist and cold and really mean. And he said, so I, you know, was so hurt by this that I went through <laughs> and analyzed everyone's handwriting. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, that's not the one that's on the DVD. The one on the DVD is a much shorter bit. And I think this alternate one is a lot funnier. I thought it was hilarious, yeah. So that must have been the version that you watched. There's a couple other differences throughout the episode, too. Oh, wow. I thought in that alternate version, it was really funny how in Annie's face, Chang gets, and he's, like, calling her out, and then he, like, kisses her on the forehead when he's yeah. done. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. But I wonder why the DVD wouldn't have the broadcast version. It's not like it was, like, a longer version. It was, like, a shorter joke, a totally different joke. That's really interesting. I thought it was interesting, too. I wonder why that happened. I don't know. Yeah. Did they say anything about it in the commentary? No, they sure didn't. They talked a lot about how these early episodes had a lot of extra footage because they didn't know how long the scripts needed to be for how long the episodes needed to be yet. They were still finding that groove. I gotcha. And they also... NBC with The Office and some other shows used to, like, supersize episodes where out of nowhere there'd be an episode that wasn't quite like a double-length episode but was, like a full 30 minutes instead of like 22 minutes yeah um and i guess this was one of those maybe okay or they seem to think it was one of those but i haven't been able to find the version that that's long exactly huh. i don't know that's really interesting so yeah it's just that little blurb in the beginning of chang's class and i like that we're seeing that class again and that this episode isn't about chang or that class but it's nice to just see the group in the class that they all got together for every now and then absolutely and i like seeing chang too because i think that it you know he had a couple really funny moments in this episode yeah he does they use him sparingly and we still don't know a lot about chang this is only his second appearance on the show Mm -hmm. and i personally that's my favorite way for chang to be used Mm -hmm. they really pepper him in they really find that 
sweet Chang spot in the final two seasons because he mm-hmm. gets storylines, but they're kind of like just non sequiturs and they don't have a huge cost on like the overarching plot of the show. Yeah. And it's, he's really funny. I'm looking forward to getting to, like, my favorite Chang stuff, I think, is in the last two seasons. Really? And I like in the second season when he's a student. Yeah, that's pretty good, too. But anyway, uh, after Chang's class, Shirley and Jeff walk out together, and as soon as he can, Jeff gets an, gets an excuse to turn around and not walk with Shirley. And that's kind of the theme of Jeff's part of this episode, to an extent, is his relationship with Shirley. Yeah, and his kind of, you know, flip-flop on why, or flip-flop on his feelings towards it, but... Yeah, he totally disses Shirley and walks back to talk to Britta and kind of explains that, you know, he feels a little bit uncomfortable around Shirley out of everybody in the group. And Britta's like, Shirley's the easiest person to talk to. And that's when she says, the, aren't you supposed to have a gold, an Olympic medal and jibber-jabber or something like that? Yeah, but before even she says that, there was a joke that didn't land for me that uh, it was actually Jeff because he said, I can only take so much of the, oh, that's nice. And Britta's like, that's mean. And he's like, no, that's not nice. And I don't know. Something about that didn't yeah, land for me. Yeah, you're right. It was kind of awkward. That Jeff's marminess. As they're walking and talking about this, that's where we see... Vaughn for the first time he's shirtless he's hacky sacking and he says something he says three hellos <laughs> and Vaughn and Britta obviously they're not dating yet but they're kind of like eyeballing each other yeah they definitely have more of a relationship than Jeff is aware of Vaughn says no worries interesting because I might be worried if I was playing hacky sack a decade too late mm-hmm the the type of smarmy <laughs> Jeff is in this episode is a little bit easier to stomach because he's reacting out of like the girl he has a crush on giving an attention to giving her attention to another guy. Totally. I think this is actually probably my favorite Jeff episode so far. The most that. I've liked Jeff so far. Well, cuz we've all been here. We've all yeah. been there where we have a crush on someone, it doesn't really pan out and you have to hate the person that they go towards. Oh, with a passion. When there's nothing <laughs> wrong with them. Mhm. I remember in high school having a huge crush on a girl in my freshman year, and her boyfriend was like the nicest guy in the world, and someone I still think is pretty cool. And I just wanted to hate him, but he would always be the person who like showed up if I didn't have a pencil in class with a pencil, or <laughs> like there was a time I want I like I, I said I hated him a bunch of times, and then he like paid for my lunch when I was short a quarter one day. <laughs> Just like the nicest guy in the world. And I think that's super relatable to have to put negative attributes on the person that's the apple of your eyes, significant other. Yep, totally. We've all done that. Absolutely we have. After we see Vaughn, Jeff and Britta have this interaction about, hey, look, we walked all the way down campus without having any awkward pauses. Look at how good of friends we are. And Britta follows that up with the, I'm really glad you're not hitting on me anymore. (laughs) <laughs> which which brings out a awkward pause. Yeah. Because he still totally is. He's trying to be her friend to slide into that attraction area, you know. But Which also I think is a relatable position that, you know, we've, you've found, you know, I've found myself in that position before. Where of you're course. Like, okay, because... I'm, I'll play the long game. This will work. Yeah, you make <laughs> them, you make yourself the person that's like there all the time. Mm-hmm. It never works, but we no, all tried. It really we all doesn't. Tried. 
<laughs> it's a terrible plan, but, you know. <laughs> and so I want to know if... This is where it cuts to the theme song. Um, they walk their separate ways, and Vaughn, like, flips trying to catch a hacky sack, and he, like, face plants on the ground really hard. Mm-hmm. And that cuts to the theme song. I think it was what you what you saw. It's just, like, community unfolding in, like, a little blurb of music. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it was. That's pretty common for shows to have, like, a a totally. little button in case the episode, like, ran kind of long instead long. of the full theme song. Yeah. Th- that faceplant Vaughn does, it doesn't look like it's a stunt guy. It looks like it's the actor. And yeah, it, it does. <laughs> I don't know how they did that. It looks like he tanks hard on the ground. Listen, he might just have done it. <laughs> we cut to the cafeteria, and Duncan is getting his lunch. He's at, like, the cafeteria buffet, and Annie just squeezes right in to talk to him. I really like that this whole conversation that they're having with each other, they just stand in front of where people are getting their lunch. Oh, yeah, just, like, absolutely. Totally Annie totally way. got right in the middle of someone who was trying to get their food. <laughs> this is another scene that's different from the two versions. Really? Um, the one on the DVD is shorter. There are a couple of lines probably in the one that you saw that aren't on the DVD. So Annie talks about how she heard about his psych lab and how she wants to be a part of it, even though she's a first year. She's really trying to talk herself up to Duncan, and she reveals a lot about herself, mm-hmm. about her like problems in high school, her pill addiction, and like the bad choices for that. Yeah. And this isn't quite to the point where the scene cut short. I just think that's a really great Annie character moment that we haven't gotten yet too much. Mm-hmm. Annie's like really tightly wound and then sometimes she just like lets it all out. Yeah. And exactly. this was one of those moments. It's like once she actually like gets going, there's no stopping, you know, right. the the flow. <laughs> it's kind of like when Shirley was at the front of Whitman's class and how she like broke her barrier and like gave something away about herself absolutely this is like that kind of moment for annie to help us get to know her character a little better so duncan makes a comment john oliver's so funny it was great to have his presence throughout this episode yeah and he has that line he's like i've actually been in this situation many times so i'm just gonna be up front i'm not allowed to date students oh and this is the part that's not on the dvd duncan says even though you're an eight Oh. Which is a British 10. Oh. <laughs> I'm angry. <laughs> yeah, that part wasn't in mine at all. That's it's literally the joke that I wrote down from that that I thought was really funny. It goes right from... Uh, but if in spite of that you are still interested, then you may join the lab. <laughs> okay. Uh, you need to bring two human subjects. And then that's the end of the scene. Really? In this other version, he's like... And it would not hurt your chances one bit if you could... Lend me a fiver. I seem to have left my purse in my duffel and my duffel in the boot of my lorry, so... That line that you asked me in your trivia question, that wasn't in my episode. Are you serious? Yes. So that's I what it was. That was that's like why I didn't know that at all. Of the, of the whole yeah. thing. Like, of the yeah. whole interaction. That wasn't in my episode. That scene was, like, so short. Wow. That's wild. I thought that that was the funniest part of the interaction. And this is probably just, you know, part of that. The episode was long and they had to cut little moments. Mm-hmm. And I guess that just led to a couple different versions. I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah, it is. After this, we see Vaughn and Britta having a conversation in the background. <laughs> and 
he, the conversation it, like Jeff like gawks at them and walks to the table where Troy and Shirley and Pierce are and Vaughn and Britta are having this really tone deaf conversation about asexual people did you hear that at all yeah I heard her say oh I had no idea that's what asexual meant but I didn't really catch the rest of the Vaughn says something about like the closed caption said and the panda took his pants off for me Oh, yeah, that, I, I did hear that. I watched it. He, like, put his hand near his crotch, and it looked like he said something about balls. Oh, no. And then Britta says, well, I never knew what asexual meant. I don't know. That seems kind of... Yeah, that didn't... I what did he know. do to that panda? I don't know. I don't know. It just made me think, like, thank God we have shows like BoJack Horseman to <laughs> accurately represent... I don't know. It just seemed like a tone deaf like joke no, about asexual it, it, people. No, that's what's what's funny is a show where you know animals actually do sleep together has yeah. a better has a much yeah. better you know asexual storyline and explanation than. And that little conversation, it's not like it was a joke. It's barely even in the episode. It's just like what they're talking about in the background while something else is happening. Yeah, like I, I've seen you know in like the behind the scenes stuff. A lot of times those conversations are just ad libs, nonsense. You know, yeah, that's probably what it was, and it uh, interesting know. choice. <laughs> it shouldn't have made it in. I shouldn't be able to hear it. I don't like it. Yeah, I agree with but, that. But Jeff walks up as Pierce is dropping his mail on the table, <laughs> and I love that he is like. I wonder what this express package could be. Somebody had to get something to me very fast. You brought your mail to campus. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. He knows exactly what the package is and what he's opening, but he wanted to make like a spectacle out of it instead <laughs> Ooh, of just an being express like. Package. <laughs> instead of just being like, "Hey guys, check out what I got." He's like, "Yeah, oh, this is really important. This was meant for me." Which I think that this whole storyline, like even the way it kind of ends up weaving into the main story but it's just it's perfect it's it's the exact amount that you should have pierce in an episode that has nothing to do with pierce yeah it's hilarious it's just classic pierce these inoculars, which <laughs> it's funny just because all they are is a hearing aid that's all it is but it's got a little basket on the end of it <laughs> and he thinks he's being like hip and cool and so like using this spy thing but he's literally an old man who needs a hearing aid and he bought one out of a magazine <laughs> And I love the line, you know, already, we're only three minutes into it, and already I'm talking about stuff that I think I liked better in this episode than what I originally thought. We'll see. Yeah. Um, he, I love, this was one of my hardest laughs in the episode when he's like, It's for spies and whatnot. Gives you sonic hearing. All hearing is sonic. What's that? <laughs> so I laughed a lot harder the second time because the first time I didn't hear Pierce go, huh, at the end because I was laughing at Abed saying, all hearing sonic. And yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> So that's a big laugh, and then even with the thing in his ear, he goes, "What's that? What's that?" Oh man! And right after that interaction, Annie comes up to the table and is asking people who wants to be in her experiment. Pierce facing the other direction is like Annie is talking about some kind of experiment. Oh my god! And Jeff immediately says, "No." Annie says, "Come on, guys, you'll get paid if you do it." And then this is where we learn something pretty interesting about Troy's character that is something that's commented on several times. I know this is a pretty popular meme from the show. Troy likes butt stuff. He does. He, uh, and he was he really hoping for some reason that this social psychology uh, thing was going to involve that. 
somehow. Yeah, and not only that, but he, you know, was even hoping that there was a chance that he yeah, would that if he get offered paid more. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> you know. This is such a close, troubled road that Troy could have walked down to ending up like, man, I might regret saying this on the podcast. Troy's like just a couple steps away from becoming like a gay porn star. <laughs> you know what I mean? He literally says, do you yeah. get paid more if they do stuff to your butt? You get paid and more? he's a young, like, high school athletic kid. The wrong person could have come yeah, up and been like, we'll totally absolutely. pay you more if you let us do stuff to your butt. I feel like Pierce could have been that person who came up. I'd be like, he was really in an unsafe area to be letting that letting that one out there. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and Troy is disappointed that that's not a part of it, but he'll say he'll do it anyway. Yeah. And she tries to get Abed to join too. And I really love Abed in this episode. He has this runner about the Indiana Jones uh, marathon that he's trying to go to that he's yeah. giving up so he can do Annie's thing. And he's like, I'm really excited to watch the first three of them. And he bought an Indiana Jones whip that he carries around the whole episode. Yeah. But when Annie mentions to Abed that she wants him to do this for her as a friend, that totally changes everything for Abed. He he has a friend now, you know? He's like, oh, shoot, okay. <laughs> it's like, I didn't realize we were good friends. I thought we were more like Ch- uh, Chandler and Phoebe. Which I would like to say, I love Chandler and Phoebe's relationship on Friends. And one of my favorite Friends moments is actually between Chandler and Phoebe when they're trying to prove that uh, Chandler and Monica are dating because everyone knows, but no one knows that everyone knows. And so she tries to seduce Chandler. I think that's one of the funniest things in all of Friends. But I understand. And I also like that Abed labels himself Phoebe. Yeah, that was so funny. And I think it's it's the more accurate of the two because Annie is absolutely Chandler. You know, when it comes to the trying to be straight-laced, you know, kind of demeanor of it all. Hmm. I feel like... Between I feel like the two a- of them, at least. A- I feel like Annie's Monica. Yes. I feel like Phoebe's probably Britta. Yeah. Um. I feel like Joey's Troy. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. And Jeff is Ross, kind of. Yeah. And Chandler, kind of. And Joey, kind of, I think, with the... Uh, I don't know. When in terms of, of his self-confidence. That's true. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so after they put it in friends' terms, Abed's excited that Annie thinks of him as a friend like that. She gives him a hug, and Abed's in. I think that's really sweet that... Yeah. I don't know, that he gives up the thing he wants to do to help out Annie, because they're friends now. Especially one episode after we, you know, learn and confirm how important film is to Abed. The fact that he was going to be missing out on a marathon that he even bought something for Mm -hmm. shows that he, you know, really values friendship and it's something that he's looking for. After Abed agrees to do it, uh, Shirley keeps looking over at Vaughn and Britta and is making kind of sideways comment about comments about it. She says, hope he doesn't try to handsome her to death, which is like the worst burn ever. <laughs> and, I, well, see, I took it at first as her, like, saying, oh, he's really good looking. But then I was thinking, I was like, well, I mean, then she comes and says all this other stuff about him, so I don't know if she was trying to burn him or whether she was genuinely saying he's handsome. Right. And Jeff after Shirley says something like can't take his attention off the two of them and walks right over there 
And I love that they're having a conversation and Vaughn is sitting on the counter of the coffee shop, um, not ordering anything, not like talking to the people working there, just talking to Britta. No, absolutely barefoot as well on the counter. Jeff asks Vaughn if he's in line. He's like, oh, no, no, no. We're just, uh, we're just chilling. Hey, you're not going to order coffee. Oh, uh, no, I was going to see if Britta... I mean, no judgment, bro. I used to do coffee. Then I made the switch to green tea. It's like, it's like filled with these antioxidants and stuff. Hmm. It's pretty tight. Tight. <laughs> and Jeff's like, yes, tight. I've heard that about green tea. Yeah, a- a- antioxidants are awesome, man. You know. <laughs> I think that's a really funny interaction that's really indicative of the type of person Vaughn is. It is, right? Because it's not even like he's saying, like, you know, it's got some mystical health benefit. He's just like, no, it's got antioxidants in it. It's good for you. Yeah, but he, like, <laughs> that is mystical to him. To I him, yeah. And then we cut to Pierce, who has been just like staring at them this whole time <laughs> thinking he's being smooth because of these ear inoculars and he's like oh brit is making the switch to green tea Ooh, and everyone's like yeah skin. green tea's good so we cut to duncan's psych lab uh and this is when we see garrett for the first time he's in the class with everyone and we're all watching this monitor full of a waiting room of people and basically this this experiment that they're doing is that they all think they're waiting for an experiment. They all know an experiment is happening, but the experiment is that they're all waiting for an experiment that's never going to start. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, how long will they last? That's pretty clever. It I is. I feel like that was a Dan Harmon idea for sure. It seems like it, right? That's like a very Dan Harmony thing. Did you catch the Indiana Jones reference that was in this scene? What was it? It was the girl students actually like fawning and like blinking their eyelashes and stuff at him because in the indiana jones movies all his uh, oh yeah yeah no i didn't catch that i'm glad you pointed that out and it's duncan (laughs) what did i say well no no no. i just it's funny that it's duncan these these, these girls are fawning at him did i call him dr jones (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah dr jones talks about how he's he's they're trying to get all these people to get riled up and throw a tantrum and they're gonna see how people react to this how do you think you would do in this situation i think that now i think if i were aware that i just had to sit in a room for a long time i could do it but i think in this circumstance where i'm doing a community college psych evaluation that's running hours behind i would have left after an hour but i don't think i'd have a breakdown yeah, I was thinking the same. I'd just be like, screw this. <laughs> Obviously, the breakdown stuff is kind of a caricature for like a sitcom, you know? I don't yeah. think many people would really react like that. But I definitely think I'd get sick of it really fast. And I think that I... I like to think I'm smart enough that I would figure out what was going on. But I just think I'd be like, these people are idiots. I'm out of here. I think the fact that Annie kept coming in would make me think that something was up. More so than if she didn't come in the room. Right, right. There's a lot of awkward interactions with Duncan and Annie. It's almost, yeah. And I can't tell whether it's that he's like, wants her to be coming on to him and she isn't, or if he wants to be like, coming on to her. I don't really get it. Or that he thinks that she like, wants to come on to him. It's kind of a running thing with Duncan's character that he's a little bit weird with women. Mm-hmm. But Duncan tells Annie, Why don't you uh, go and tell our subjects that we're going to be starting the experiment in five minutes, okay? Hmm? And Annie, it's never actually going to start. Allison does this really funny 
like where she swipes her hand in front of her face to change emotions. Yeah, that was really well done. I mean, I think that Alex the Lion and his dad, played by Bernie Mac from Madagascar 2, would be very wow. proud. Wow. I'm sure they would if they were real. Uh, wow. I, I guess right. none of this is real either. <laughs> Sorry if I'm breaking that for anyone. I was going to say, I think that Alex the Lion is just as real as little Annie Adderall. <laughs> That's true. That's 100% true. <laughs> And after she does that little, like, emotion change, Duncan gives off this really gross, like, oh. <laughs> God. And she walks into the room. Troy Abed, Senior Chang is there, and he has this really funny line about, like, what, community college Spanish teacher can't use 80 bucks? <laughs> and it's like a community college Spanish teacher absolutely could probably use 80 bucks. And she tells them all that, it, that they're running a little bit behind and that the experiment will be starting in five minutes. And right before this happened, I was thinking to myself, oh, I don't remember Chang being in the study. I'm glad that he is. He's going to be funny. And immediately he, he breaks. Immediately <laughs> right away. he freaks yeah. out. <laughs> Which, yeah, it sucked that he wasn't you know, there for longer, but it, it, it was very funny getting to see his immediate tantrum. Like, no! No, 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 no! unacceptable all right you lie to me when you say something starts at nine it starts at nueve he freaks <laughs> out you know duncan's watching on the monitor he's like throwing chairs this is another thing that was different um duncan when he's looking at the screen watching chang freak out says houston we have an idiot yeah on the dvd it's um he says and we're off instead of houston we have an idiot i kind of like the and we're off line a little better yeah, something that they mentioned on the commentary was that they likened John Oliver to Jim Rash in the way that they could just make anything funny. Mm -hmm. And they said Jim Rash is the type of person that, like, he always hits his mark every time, says the line perfect, kills it. And John Oliver is like the yin to that yang where he <laughs> never does he never does the same thing more than once. He'll just do that. something different and funny every time. So they're like, it's basically a waste of time if you're like, hey, John, what you did was really funny. Can you do that again? Because he's going to do something totally different. Yeah. So they probably had tons of takes of him, like, putting a button on that scene that's really funny. Mm -hmm. Which, honestly, though, while I see there are a lot of benefits to having actors that can do that, it was probably a nightmare filming this show sometimes because you have a bunch of people that do that and improvise. And they like... say that all the time if you listen to the cast talk about the show. Um They'd be there for such long days, and whenever they weren't filming, the cast would be, like, doing bits and characters that they'd made up and making, like, inside jokes, and the crew would have to, like, get them to stop doing that and, like, make the show they were trying to make. <laughs> and on top of that, they have a writer's room that's so, like, I say this lovingly and endearingly, they have a writer's room that's so far up its own ass that they can't finish an episode because they have to make everything, like, come around in a circle and, like, make everything... Which is why I love this show, because everything is so much more complex than it needs to be when they yeah. go big picture. But because of that, you know, you have a cast that goofs off, and you have a writing staff that can't, that, like, the episode's never good enough for them, you know? So they keep, just keep on tweaking and adding little things and adding different layers. Yeah, it's gotta be, this show probably took so much more work than it should have to make. <laughs> they tell a story about 
Man, we're going so far off track. I wanted to say something back when we were actually talking about this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, about, <laughs> I think, I, I hope that after Chang's freak out, after he storms out of the experiment, that he's immediately like, can I get that 80 bucks? <laughs> right? <laughs> and that his freak out was like staged so he could just like leave right away and get his money. Now that That's what I like would to be think. good. We cut to this walk and talk scene of Shirley and Jeff where they realize that they have more in common than they think and they bond over both being people who are so prone to gossip or to like making sarcastic cuts about people and I love this connection between the two of them I think it shows a totally different side of Shirley that tracks with what we've seen of her so far. Yeah, totally. And it takes Jeff out of his head a little bit, and he makes a friend, kind of. I think it's... Obviously, the stuff that they say about people is mean, but it's nice to see the characters come together like this. Well, and I like the the Jeff-Shirley combo, because I think that's the combination that probably happens the least Yeah. in the show. Um, and you might not remember this. We don't find this out till season three. But Jeff and Shirley are the char- they like knew each other when they were kids. I absolutely forgot that. They knew each other when they were kids. It's like the foosball episode from a couple yeah. seasons from now. So oh, that yeah. adds a whole another layer to it because they're about the same age. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, because Shirley comes off as so maternal, you assume that she's older. But like but they're, they're all the same age. Mm-hmm. I think Jeff almost looks at himself as being younger than Shirley. Absolutely, but he's, he probably but does. he's 40 or whatever. Something interesting in the commentary I heard about this scene, this outdoor, they're walking straight down a path outside, and there's like a big language art sign. There's a bunch of community college stuff all over the place. Yeah. I guess where they're filming is just like outside the Paramount lot, like in between <laughs> studios. And all of the community college stuff is based off of LA Community College, I think they said. And their set department would have like u-hauls full of stuff to turn like any corner that they needed to into looking like a community college that's wild that's pretty cool so they added like the bulletin board in the background and they added all the overhangs with the classes um joel even said that like right next to where they're filming that's like where the president of paramount's office is this is just like using space in their work area to make it something else and i think that's really cool that's super cool i'm a big fan of that Jeff and Shirley, at first, they're walking pretty silently together, and I like mm-hmm. when they both try to make small talk at the same time. And You have a kid, right? Yeah, he's like, you have a kid, right? And Shirley <laughs> says, you like green, and then stops. I don't know where she was going with that. <laughs> they keep walking, and Shirley's like, well, I've heard Jeff make fun of Pierce before. It's like, so Pierce isn't exactly right in the head, is he? And then instantly, they snap into this really quick comfortable banter with each other about pierce and it's wholesome and it's cute to see it's all so much funnier knowing that pierce's storyline is following them this whole episode we don't quite see that reveal yet but i love that the inoculars in the beginning gives pierce like you said this thing for him to go do <laughs> in the background of the whole episode yeah i thought it was hilarious it's and i like it i just it's like how it all ties together yeah, I like this whole episode. I don't know, it's just funny thinking no matter what's going on, Pierce is there with his ear inoculars listening, like from behind a wall or just a couple steps behind. And I'm sure that they know that he's there and they're paying him no attention. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Because they don't think that that, that works, considering that <laughs> Abed was right in front of him and he still couldn't hear him, so. Right. 
After that walk and talk, we cut back to the experiment room and it's been three hours. Basically, Duncan is just like narrating over all this footage of people freaking out and leaving. And I'm sure that this wasn't very scripted. They probably filmed all that stuff and just let John Oliver like talk over it however he wanted. <laughs> yeah, he, he says, I can't remember all the little things he says, but it was pretty funny. They're running in a circle and he's like, look, I can make him go faster like Benny Hill. And he's like, that's funny, <laughs> just to lighten the mood. <laughs> and then he like replays it a few times. That was good. And this is basically just to quickly get us to where there's only two people left, Troy and Abed. Here's a complaint about the episode. They get to this point way too fast. They do, and... We're only eight minutes into the episode, and this plot line's close to its end. Yeah, I noticed that too, and I was thinking the second time, I was like, oh, that's why everything else that happens happens in essentially, you know, uh, one room for, for most of it, you know, because mm-hmm. there's, there's one more kind of Jeff and Britta thing, and then they all come back together, but uh, that they kind of, they get stuck there because they have to tie everything up, but there's so much episode left. So the pacing was a little odd. Now that there's just the two of Troy and Abed left, we get one of the most famous community gifs of Troy in his chair, just like rocking back and forth anxiously. <laughs> and like it keeps cutting closer to him and he's just freaking out. It's a good reaction meme when you're just it like, is. I for, sent when you're it, just waiting for something. I think I sent it like last week at some point. That's one that I use quite a bit. I really like that so far, even though there hasn't been like a Troy centered episode, he already has given so many memorable one-liners and moments. And a lot of it is because of how good of an improviser Donald Glover is. Oh, yeah. They say in the commentary, this whole freakout, he says a ton of really funny stuff. They didn't script it at all. That's wild. This was all him. All of the stuff that he says where he's like, Eddie, what is going on in there? Why? What is taking so long? I wasted all day here for you. And then he, the funniest part to me, he gets on the ground and crawls away. He lets his legs go limp and just drags himself (laughs) by his arms. It's really funny. Troy or Donald Glover is so good at comedic, like crying and comedic freakouts. Oh, yeah. And it's so memorable. You're right that Troy doesn't get enough to do in these early episodes, but he's always, whenever he's on camera, he's the funniest part. Literally every time that he's had, like, and he just steals the scene. And once Troy finishes freaking out and leaves, now we're left with just Abed. Duncan's really excited that we're down to the last person. He says, oh, the longer they wait, the harder they break. And they're all just waiting while Abed sits (laughs) comfortably nonchalantly. After that, we cut to new BFFs, Jeff and Shirley, sitting outside, <laughs> and they're talking crap about Vaughn. Do you see how often Hacky Sack takes his shirt off? He plays shirts and skins in a game of checkers. <laughs> I'm so glad to be able to talk to someone about this. Which was a pretty funny... I liked that one. That, it, just, it's, it sounds like such a schoolyard diss. Jeff is able to... I don't know, Britta's really been his only real friend in the study group, other than Abed, kind of, yeah. because... He, and it's just because he's trying to sleep with Britta. And it's nice to see Jeff, like, confide in someone else. Yeah. It's fun to watch Jeff, I don't know, be a person. And this is the first time we see him, I don't know, he clearly has a crush on Britta. Yeah, and, and, it, and, it, was, and it seems more like an actual crush here as opposed to just wanting to sleep with her. 
Yeah, and I like this version of it a lot better than like them both being single, will they, won't they, attractive people circling around each other. Totally. It's nice to see how this changes Jeff a little bit in his dynamic with everybody and also how it informs the dynamic between Britta and Jeff. I think it's nice. Yeah, I'm a fan. I think that as far as I know we both have said that neither of us are a big fan of most of the romantic things in this show, but I do like how this episode kind of goes What they do it. with it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Shirley has a really funny line. Two cute white people going to school together. It just seems right. Shirley, we are not pandas in a zoo. It's a pretty funny line. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, this is a really good Shirley episode. Shirley doesn't get a lot of good episodes, but they're doing good stuff with her in this one. Yeah. I think this is one of the better, at least just off the top of my head, I can't think of many other Shirley, even Shirley, like, driven episodes that I right. enjoy her more than in this one. Right. As soon as Shirley makes that comment about how Britta and Jeff should date each other, she's like, oh no. And we see that behind the two of them, Bon and Britta are passionately kissing, like mm-hmm. laying on the grass. And oof, I don't know. They say something after that kind of falls flat and ruins the moment. But that image of the two of them kissing and Jeff just like, oh, that's not what I want to see. That's not what I want to see, yeah. We've definitely all been there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing when you have a crush on a girl, they're with someone, you get to joke around about how awful they are, but then you, like, w- turn around and see them kissing or doing something sweet. It just, ugh. Yeah, just it like makes you sick. Just <laughs> hitting your, you're like, oh, God, I hope you're all miserable. And Britta, th- that's what makes it awkward to me, how Britta looks up and sees him while it, she's right? kissing Vaughn. I that thought makes it I weird. could have done with they should yeah they didn't need to see that Jeff could have said another scene oh I saw you and Vaughn really going at it you know or even like because he makes the comment to her like something about like oh you need help with those grass stains or something like that and that would yeah. have been plenty enough to tell her yeah. that she that he saw her making out with him in the grass I do like that imme- like immediately after that Britta seeing Jeff it cuts back to Jeff and Shirley and Shirley goes up oh, there goes the shirt <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> she just immediately ripped his shirt off. Uh, so after that, we get sad boy Jeff. He's just forehead against a vending machine, kind of throwing quarters at it and mm-hmm. tapping it, just being dramatic and Brito, waiting. I'm sure waiting for Britta to walk just upon him, for, which we've all done. That <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm gonna sit really sad over here, and I know they're gonna walk around the corner, and oh, they'll notice they'll that I'm sad, and sad. then they'll love me. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way. <laughs> and as soon as Britta comes out, she's like, hey, he's like, oh, hey, I'm fine. And asks about checking for grass stains, which is a pretty weird thing to say. Yeah, uh, it's a little aggressively passive aggressive. <laughs> this conversation between Britta and Jeff is nice. Uh, Britta's like, hey, I'm sorry you saw that earlier. I should, I didn't really know when to say anything about me and Vaughn. I didn't want you to make fun of me. And Jeff says something about how like Britta making out with Vaughn outside was like being tackled in the quad by a hippie and he kind of like puts a little jab at Vaughn but he's being pretty nice he's not saying what he's really thinking Mm -hmm. and he's able to say you know Vaughn seems cool 
And they're able to have this agreement of Jeff's going to try to be a better friend, even if it's hard for him. Britta apologizes and says, you're not going to see anything like that again. That's that's tacky. I just thought that was a, this, this was a nice, real conversation between the two of them. I agree. And I do. I really liked when Britta was like, oh, you won't see that again, because that's her showing that, OK, OK, Jeff is her friend and she doesn't want to make him feel uncomfortable because she, you know, can see that he does like her or have a crush on her and and she cares about him at least enough to not want to actively hurt him and i think you know, that I this is even... a relatable um relatable kind of position that jeff's in too because i think mm-hmm. we all have had that situation where like the person who we've now friend zoned ourselves with you know has a boyfriend mm-hmm. and we probably badmouth him pretty constantly and they're like okay i'll try to make an effort you know i didn't really even think of it from that angle i was thinking more that Britta is the type of person that realizes that, like, being the person who's making out with their boyfriend outside while everyone's looking around is just not a good color. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the way I saw it, that she's saying, like, that was lame. You're not gonna... <laughs> if I'm dating someone, you're not just gonna see me making out with them all the time. Mm-hmm. I actually like it's to tacky. scream in the middle of making out publicly so that everyone, like, turns their head and they see it. You guys heard it here first, folks. Steven's a screamer. <laughs> Only when kissing. <laughs> yeah, we're going some weird places today. Yeah. I like it. It's a good day I like for it. it. I like it. So after that healthy conversation about relationships, we go back to, again, this is something I don't kind of like about this episode. It's repetitive. Mm-hmm. We got that scene. Now we're right back to another scene that's Jeff and Shirley walking down the same place again. It's like visually repetitive. Yeah. We cut back to the psych room. We cut back to, I don't know. It kind of all takes place in a few places. I mean, we go to the cafeteria once. We go to that lounge area, like, once. But other than that, yeah. it's either on the sidewalk, in the study room, or in the psych room, which is fine. I mean, it doesn't need to have 50 sets in an episode. But the fact that instead of spending a longer amount of time in each one, we're kind of spending little segments and jumping between them. Right. Like you said, starts to get kind of like we're running in a circle. Yeah. Like this one, when you just see them walking down the same path again, it feels like we're just right back where it was earlier in time. And it's just like they did it again. I don't know. Yeah. Um, while they're talking, they go right back into this new back and forth of gossip that they have with each other. And when Shirley says something about Vaughn, Jeff feels bad now because he's had that conversation with Britta. And Jeff's really trying to like not be a jerk about this and do the right thing, but Shirley really tempts him to be catty about it because immediately she mentions his tiny nipples. <laughs> and Vaughn's tiny nipples is something I want to talk about. Nipplegate, okay? Nipplegate, okay. I have always been oh, curious. No. I've always been curious if... The joke about Vaughn's nipples was written and then they made his nipples look small or if the comment was added because the actor had small nipples. You know what I mean? What came first, the nipple or the egg? Oh my god, I don't know, but I'm curious now. Because I was thinking like, oh, you know, it's a good thing. Like, okay, yeah, I guess his nipples are kind of small. And I guess I didn't take into consideration. Do you think they, like, in the casting call said, um, handsome, can play, rugged, (laughs) must have areolas with a diameter less than, you know, two centimeters? Like, is that, like, a... You know, like, perfect part for me, and where was I? Right? I know. Where were you? Well, 
I, I won't build up the suspense because in the commentary they gave an answer. Uh-huh. But this was something I've thought about before, so I was glad to hear the answer. Um, no more sleepless th- nights over Vaughn's nipples? Okay, so Seth Myers has a brother. I think his name is Josh Myers. Okay. He was the character that replaced Topher Grace in the last season of That 70s Show. That was oh, cool. yeah. And apparently he has really tiny nipples. Okay. And the joke was kind of about him, and they were hoping they'd be able to get him to play Vaughn. So the joke came first. The joke came before the actor. When they hired Vaughn, they tr- when they hired Eric Christian Nolson, they mm-hmm. tried to make prosthetic nipples, <laughs> but they didn't have the really a budget to like get ones that were good enough. Yeah. To not look fake. So, and if you look really closely, you can tell it's there's makeup that that's applied to make his nipples look really small. Okay. See, it's I like I didn't covered look up that all closely. the area. I look. kind of noticed that they were small, and then I just kind of didn't. You know, right. I, next right. time I'll pause and zoom and enhance and really get a good look. I, I thought you did that whenever a nipple was present on screen, so I'm surprised that you had. You'd hadn't. think you'd think it's you know it's a whisper in a crowd, you know. Uh, so <laughs> we <laughs> go back to the psych room and Abed's still there. The time clock reads 26 hours 11 minutes, and Duncan's like, "Is it on pause?" <laughs> and he's like, "No, that's just him." Most of the people that are watching the experiment have left and given up at this point. This is where I think this plot line does take a funny turn. An experiment's being done on these people, but then it turns around to the experiment's effects like coming off on the people who are giving it, especially Duncan. Mm -hmm. And Annie, who's frazzled, her hair's a mess, she opens the door and she's like, sorry, you've been waiting 26 hours. It's just going to be another five minutes. (laughs) Okie Okie dokie. Okie dokie. As, and as she's closing the door, you see Duncan just start to cry. Yeah, and the legend Garrett speaks for the first time. Professor, what? I'm sorry. This guy's not moving. I have classes to go to. Go! Fine! Go kill John Lennon again, you loser! Made oh me my laugh God. so hard. Oh, he crap. does look just like the guy who shot and killed John Lennon. I googled it, but yes, absolutely. Yeah, he totally does. He totally does. And I, that, I'm sure that was an Im- improvised line. Now Duncan is starting to freak out. He's like, you've, to Abed, you've, on the screen, he's like, you've broken the Duncan principle. He slaps it and hurts himself, and he blames it on Annie. Mm-hmm. It's like it's Annie's fault because <laughs> she brought this rain man, as he says, to come ruin everything. And this is just great. All of a sudden, Duncan is just falling right into the the freak out that he thinks he's so above everyone else and he's making them do. And he's like a little kid and he just throws a fit. <laughs> Threw a full on, what, what Ma and Pa call a good old fashioned tantrum. Yeah, he absolutely does. And that was a great British accent, by the way, Stephen. That well, one was the, way better. Well, here's than you what's just did. what's good, Zach, is that there are layers to that because I was actually yeah. doing a British accent, doing a Southern accent, which is what John Oliver did earlier in the episode. I'm a true perfectionist when it comes to my craft, and I really I really respect, you know, his his voice. So I really made sure that I put a lot of time in today prepping for the episode. So you're really trying to get that co-host call back, aren't you? You know, I just want to show you that I'm I'm dedicated. Right. I, you know, I'm here. Well, there is such a thing as, like, trying too hard, buddy. So, yeah. Anyway. I really like that as he's freaking out, then, of course, his class starts taking notes on him. Yeah. 
He's like, stop writing, stop writing. And he like picks up someone's <laughs> notepad it. and chucks it across the room. Yeah, that was good. That was good. It is It is pretty funny. I love the way that the story turns. It's just, you know, I started this episode of our podcast off by saying that I didn't care for this episode much. And so far, I've mainly just said positives. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that, oh, I don't know. It, this episode's really predictable. It is. And I think that's... It, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just makes it it's not, not stand out. Like I'm, but this if show's I'm better pick than an episode shows. to watch. Yeah, I'm not gonna pick this episode. You know, out of the group of the ones to watch, but it's still a good episode. I think. I think you could watch this episode and kind of write off the show as being not as smart as it is. There's no like extra layer to the the depth of it. There's no you know epiphany for Annie or Abed. There's no like real personal growth for anybody in this episode whereas the second and third one we see big moments for you know a few of the characters where they that's what i was gonna say especially after how thoughtful the character work was last week yeah um yeah this was just kind of soft which maybe you need though pacing wise if every episode were like that i think that the show would would just carry a different weight to it you know yeah so after this freak out Duncan really blames it on Annie and says, you have destroyed the Duncan principle, which we never really get explained what that exactly means. And knowing Duncan as uh, not the strongest-willed man, I'm sure it wouldn't have been that hard for anybody to break the Duncan principle. (laughs) No, not at all. Because the whole, you know, when when he does explain it earlier in the episode, what he says is like, you know, it's, if you uh, do this, it will create a totally predictable outcome that causes a tantrum every time, something, something, you know. Right. Uh, but Duncan is very so clearly, you know, weak-willed <laughs> that he would crack before most of the contestants would in that actual circumstance. And then this is the moment that showed a not-great side of Annie. You know, she barges into the room and just yells at Abed, Go home! Mm-hmm. Which Abed is just doing what he was told, helping out, being a good friend. He doesn't know that he's causing frustration, and really he's not. You know, he's no. doing exactly what he was asked to do, and that was rude. It was rude, and it was, you know, I'm sure I'd probably be a little snippy after 26 hours too, but I, you know, it's not Abed's no frame fault. of reference. Yeah. No. After this, we cut to Jeff trying really hard to hang out with uh, Vaughn and Britta, Vaughn, I this must have been a thing the character or that the actor decided to do. He never sits on anything correctly. No. They're sitting at like a booth <laughs> in the cafeteria and he's sitting like on top of where your back goes. Yeah. And drinking his green tea. Britta said that you did a lot of community service. Ultimate frisbee at the senior center. It is amazing. And what makes frisbee ultimate? <laughs> Man, if I had a nickel for every time I wish somebody asked me that. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, yeah, Vaughn also uses the phrase throwing the bee, and I think that that's fantastic. Throwing the bee? Throwing the yeah. bee. There's a trail really close to my house that I like to walk that has like a disc golf course that I've always kind of wanted to do. Yeah, I'm, I, so here's a little embarrassing fact about me. I never like played with Frisbees as a kid. Like it just wasn't a toy that I yeah, me either. played with. I am very bad at throwing them. Like, every time that I've either tried to play Ultimate Frisbee or Frisbee Golf, I should not be the one throwing the Frisbee. <laughs> I'll, it's not one of my spiritual gifts. 
I can throw the frisbee and make it soar, but like directing that to a certain area, nah. So Britta leaves to get dessert and Shirley walks over to Vaughn and Jeff hanging out and Shirley's being rude. She's like saying stuff like behind Vaughn's back and like making faces trying to get like a, a rise out of Jeff. And this is where we start to highlight this episode doesn't go too deep with it, but they like to comment on that Jeff and Shirley are kind of toxic together. Yeah, they are. Jeff's trying to be a good person and Shirley's totally pulling it out of him. Yeah. And that enables Shirley to, you know, go on these gossip tirades and asks about Vaughn's shirt, which prompts Vaughn to take it off. And we see those glorious, minuscule nipples. And if you if you look at it again, you can totally see that there's makeup and some slight, like, blurring. Yeah. They did a pretty good job, but you can definitely see. Mm-hmm. Now that you mention it, I do remember it looking kind of blurry. Vaughn doesn't notice this at all. Doesn't notice that Shirley's, like, being coy. No. And Jeff literally has to cover his entire face to continue talking to Vaughn without without seeing Shirley. <laughs> yeah. it's. I thought it was, you know, that was kind of mean of Shirley yeah. coming up there. Yeah. And, you know, Jeff really did do his best. Because he was making an effort. He was genuinely yeah. talking to Vaughn and trying to be nice. But, you know, Shirley kind of, not even kind of, yeah. she absolutely just kind of feeds the beast and gets it started back up again. As soon as Vaughn leaves, Jeff's like, you're the devil. Yeah. <laughs> now we cut a little bit later, Jeff and Britta are studying together. Britta starts to confide about, you know, like, what do you really think about Vaughn? He's getting really relationship-y, and that scares me a little bit. And there's that really funny interaction where Britt is trying to say stuff that Vaughn says after sex, but Jeff does not want to hear that they're having sex with each other. No. So he's like, after school? After dinner mints? Dinner mints? <laughs> Ooh. After not having sex? Jeff is trying to do the right thing, but when Britta, complaining about how relationshipy it's getting, hands Jeff Vaughn's poem that he's written for her, mm-hmm. it's all hell breaks loose. There, there's nothing that can stop Jeff from making fun of this and being smarmy about it. No, because I'm sure the first thing is he was like, oh, I can't wait to tell Shirley about this. Yes, and the part where he's like, I'm looking at a text. I'm reading the text. I am now done reading the text. <laughs> Britta, like, turns her head and looks down, and I'm sure that was probably, like, a direction to gillian so it wasn't so like britta couldn't see but mm-hmm. britta totally would have known what was going on oh yeah and it looks like she's just like turning her back and letting it happen right because you wouldn't not notice that somebody's doing that but later it's a surprise to her when she finds out that they know about the poem mm-hmm. which also the fact that she thinks that she could confide in jeff who she described earlier as a gold medal jib- jibber jabber and you're right that jeff goes right to shirley with here Did you ever notice where the ocean meets the sky? Did ya? Did ya? (laughs) It's the same wizard blue that I see in your eye, Britta. (laughs) (laughs) Wizard blue. And Shirley is so happy, and this is totally enabling her, and they're just going all over it. And it makes me sad. I get why... Vaughn's being too crazy for Britta, but he's a nice, genuine guy, and he's about to get really embarrassed because of all this. Yeah. 
Um, I personally think that the poem slaps. I love it. I think that, you know, it does nice with the syllables. It, it does a nice job with the rhyming. You know, did ya, Britta. You know, I mean, that's, that's tough. That's a tough rhyme. You know, and I think that he showed some real heart for putting that together. Also, as an aside, um, can you please put, like, really like beautiful like titanic quality music behind you when you're reading that maybe like some ocean ocean sounds oceans eight <laughs> yes the sounds <laughs> of ocean it's eight in the background with you reading yeah that's please. that's that's a weird one but i'm sure i could find the soundtrack <laughs> to it somewhere sure <laughs> while while they're making fun of Vaughn's poem we cut to pierce who's listening to all of them and when they're talking about like jeff says like i'm surprised he even knows how to read it cuts to Pierce, who has this like so hurt look on his face, which is really it's really gonna pay off when we find out later what Pierce thinks he's been hearing. The whole time. <laughs> Absolutely, which if anything was was the one nice little surprise they slipped in the episode was that Pierce yeah. didn't realize that it was Vaughn. So and good. now we're getting to where everything's gonna fall apart. Uh, Troy and Abed are hanging out in the study room, and Annie comes in. Troy's like, "I'm so sorry for bailing on the experiment." And Annie's just so sassy. She shakes her head and says, That was the experiment, Troy. We were testing to see how long people would wait in the room. Whoa. Oh. Gotcha. Gotcha? That's all you have to say? Yep. You sat in a room for 26 straight hours. Didn't that bother you? Yeah, I was livid. Then why didn't you leave? Because you asked me to stay and you said we were friends. And of course, Abed, the champ golden human being he is was like well you said we were friends and i wanted to do what you wanted me to do what a what a what a kingly thing to say like my friend like Like, go ahead he said you asked me to stay you said we were friends and that's and now like he's like you know to me this is what friendship represents you know and annie that's a real slap in the face to her because you know she showed that she was not being a true friend because she's been lashing out at Abed when he was just trying to help. And look at Jeff and Shirley and Britta and how they're all trying to be friends with each other and it, being the right kind of friend is so complicated. It's so simple for Abed just to be a good friend. Totally, I didn't even think about that. That's that's true. He's like very much like do the right thing and be there for your friends. That's how you be a friend, you know? It doesn't have to get as complicated and, you know, sneaky as it is with Shirley and Britta and Jeff, you know, it's, it's good. I good. Abed's just nailing it. Troy says, is it still part of the experiment? <laughs> and Jeff and Shirley walk into the room, still talking crap about, about Vaughn and just laughing it up, followed by Pierce, who's there ready to call them out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, laugh it up. You guys want to know what they're doing? Yeah, sure. Making fun of all of us. I heard you with my own ear. Binoculars. Pierce, we are not making fun uh-huh. of you. Calling me hacky sack and ripping my my six-pack abs and my moist hair. And that face you made? I think it's pretty obviously Annie. Making like a pucker face, and we cut to Annie who's making that exact <laughs> like exaggerated pucker face. Then Troy, this is definitely still the experiment. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was so good. And it's it's just class it's such like so true to Pierce for him to yeah. be so like, oh, everyone thinks I'm cool, so they must talk about my washboard abs and perpetually moist hair. 
And then as soon as he knows that they're not talking about him, he wants to be liked and accepted so bad that he just jumps right into it. And he's like, oh, well, let's do it as a team. I'll get the ball rolling. Maybe he has a tiny penis. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So then immediately everyone else in the study group who's not privy to the situation, they all start talking crap about Fawn. Some of my favorite Abed stuff is his reactions into this, in this. And seeing the way that Abed jumps in with the group and laughing in his own way is really funny mm -hmm. and really true to the character. As soon as they pull out the poem, everyone's like laughing and grabbing for it. And Abed's just like, can I see it? As soon as everybody's really laughing and giggling, Vaughn and Brito walk in and they're making fun of the way he greets people, the way he looks, this poem that he's written. And they're doing it while he's right there. And they're very obvious about it. I think even uh, Pierce says, like, what a fool or something, like, after he says hello. And Vaughn immediately, he's like, well, you've got a group, uh, you guys have a case of the giggles. You know, he can tell that, I don't know, that something's off. Yeah. And then Pierce is right next to him holding the poem. <laughs> and this is just so sad. It really was. Vaughn's so nice and sweet. And I th think his feelings for Britta are genuine and he's just being honest and we should all strive to be as in touch with our feelings as Vaughn is. He says it the best, you know. This is the least tight thing that's ever happened to me. And it was the least tight thing that ever happened to him. I feel sad for the guy. I, I really do too, like Vaughn. Because like seeing the whole group there, you know, kind of making fun of him with him standing right there is just so crappy. And there's a running theme in this show that they go a lot deeper and broader with in the future about how the study group is pretty toxic. Mm -hmm. And they're like this family to each other, but all of the people at Greendale outside <laughs> of the study group do not look at them that way. No, as they shouldn't. <laughs> they cause right. nothing but problems for everyone who's right. not them. So Vaughn leaves. Britta's upset. I can't believe you. And Shirley jumps right onto like, how dare you, Jeff? How could you? Mm -hmm. When the whole thing was because Shirley, you know, took out that picture and gave it to uh, Pierce right away and then didn't even try to get it back. Jeff is obviously at fault, but this is kind of Shirley's fault a little bit because mm -hmm. Jeff really tried. He really tried. He did. And I think Jeff genuinely feels bad, whereas before I think most of his feeling bad in the show came from oh, Britta's not going to sleep with me because of how right. these people are perceiving me. But here it actually right. seems like he feels bad because he hurt another person. And then as Vaughn leaves, Pierce with his inoculars. I can hear him outside. He's crying. Now he's barking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So next we get... Jeff is storming out of the study room. He's mad because he's like, I can't believe I showed you that poem. He's mad because Shirley like said something to Britta to cover up that she was involved. And Jeff really says it right. And he's like, oh my God, my life is Degrassi high. <laughs> Did you, were you a Degrassi kid? Did you watch Degrassi? I was not a Degrassi kid, but I'm familiar with it. It's not one that I think I'll watch through, you know, as much oh, as Oh, you I... definitely... It's like a soap opera for kids. Yeah, I and remember... it's fun to watch when you're a kid, but it's not something to watch if you're not already... Absolutely. Do you, well, do you remember you. when Teen Nick was its own channel? I don't know if it still is. I haven't had kids Oh, yeah, in of so course. Long. I watched... That's and, where I watched yeah, the Well, and they brought back... Like, they rebooted it again or something. I remember mm -hmm. seeing a lot of advertisements because one of the students at Degrassi High 
was going to put herself in a situation where she was going to have sex for the first time and her friends did not approve. Oh, man. And there then there was even, like, a cliffhanger at the end of the episode trailer because there was, like, some deep breathing. So, you know, things must have been getting hot and heavy next to that Canadian campfire. You know, that show's cheesy as all hell, but I, as a young kid, probably learned some stuff from it that was helpful. That's good. It's cheesy, but I think the intent is good. I don't think it's just supposed to be a soap opera. I think it's supposed to be slightly educational. Oh, really? And to, like, talk about, like, the hot-button issues that teens have to deal with and stuff like that. I like that. It's just like Zoe 101. We'll, we'll save this for the Degrassi podcast, okay? We'll save it. There's, like, 600 episodes of it. We'd be set for years. <laughs> I just want to... Can we, like... Just bring me on for the episode where Drake gets shot. Oh, what you say? You know? And... <laughs> so, Jeff storms out at Sh- and away from Shirley, and Shirley is able to admit that she has a problem, that she can't help but stir the pot. She mentioned something really funny. This isn't even the only study group I've had this year. You see those ladies over there? Used to be in their group today, kicked me out. They call me Tatalina. It's a Bumblebee nickname. It's, it's cute, but it stings. That was the nickname, the Bumblebee nickname. Tatalina. And I really like that funny bit of knowledge from before the show that we didn't know until now that there's another study group that Shirley was in <laughs> and got kicked out of before landing in this one. Mm-hmm. This episode is a great Shirley episode. It truly and there is. aren't a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Also, a note about this episode, I think it's... So, you know, we're both well aware of the fact that on sitcom sitcoms, uh, people get more and more attractive as it goes. I think right. this is the first episode that they put a lot into Britta and Annie looking more attractive in the episode, especially Annie. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And Jeff, too. His face is really clear yep. and cleaned up. I actually noticed a couple times in this episode where he held his face a certain way and he looked like, and he made it, he like smiled a certain way and his cheeks were a certain way that he looked like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> really? He made like that I could Jack see Nicholson that. smile a couple times. I can, I can picture that. Surely admits her problem to Jeff, and Jeff follows it up by gossiping about her old study group. We can be friends, we can joke about this, we just won't bag on people. And Shirley's like, well, what are we going to talk about? My kids? Your doctor career? <laughs> She's like, I was a lawyer. See, I'm already, already bored. Already bored. That was good. And they both just kind of agree, well, then I guess we don't have a lot in common, and that's okay, but we'll always have tiny nipples. <laughs> and Shirley has one last piece of gossip to reveal, which is that Britta told her that she had a sex dream about Jeff, which just opens up the will they won't they thing all over again. You know, now Britta's single probably. And it's a funny bit when Jeff keeps calling for details. I thought the way he told it, that was funny. It's like, no, details. So then we cut to Annie, who has a sweet gesture for Abed in the cafeteria. She buys him all the Indiana Jones films and apologizes for treating him wrongly. This show does a really great job of putting buttons on stories like this yeah. that feel like they resolve well. A different show wouldn't have put this little bit here, you know? Absolutely. They would just kind of left it as is and just reset yeah. next time. But I like that. And I, and I like that um, what Abed says to her, I think, is, is pretty spot on, right? Like He's like, we're cool. Because to him, that's yeah. what it is. Like They're cool. You know, everything's fine. Also, Abed totally, of course, already had all the Indiana Jones movies. Annie has to know Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I like the way that they both at the same time say, the fourth one blows. Yeah, that was really cute, too. 
Because I, you know, throughout the show, I really like Annie's relationship with Abed. I think that she tries yes. to look out for him in a way that is a lot... Yes, and tries to understand him in a way that other people don't. Absolutely. Whereas I think Britta was just like, oh, let me be superhero, save him, give him whatever he wants and needs. Annie is more actually trying to help him grow and adapt, and I like that. That's another thing the final two seasons of the show do well after Troy leaves. They really put a lot into Annie and Abed's relationship, and it works really well. Mm Mm-hmm. So now we get Jeff apologizing to Britta for what's going on. And just like all of their scenes, it's an honest apology. They say what they mean. It's not too hammy. Jeff says, you know, I couldn't handle just being one of the girls. And they have a conversation about their relationship and their friendship and the boundaries that they need to have and how they want to be closer. It's really sweet. Yeah. I really like it. I like this dynamic between Jeff and Britta a lot. Jeff talks her out of the type of friendship where she where he has to pick her up from the airport but into the type of relationship where he sometimes has to cat sit. Which I think is a good place for them to set the relationship for right now because it's like clearly he wants to be close to her, but he realizes that he can't be that close, that, you know, she's confiding all this stuff in them because that's just too hard, you know. But I like it. I think that, like you said, puts a nice little button on the end of the episode. So Jeff gets to drop the knowledge that he knows about the sex dream. And that sends Britta to be mad at Shirley. (laughs) And everything starts over. It's like reset, back to page one. This last sequence of the episode, I think, is really great, where we have that How You Like Me Now song playing the whole time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see Badger again. He's buddies with Vaughn. And this whole experience has changed Vaughn. And now he's stoic. And when Badger, I don't. I, I can't call him anything but Badger. When Badger says, right. hey, no worries, Vaughn goes, uh, some worries, man, some worries. It's a pretty funny moment. Yeah, I, I really like that. I actually laughed pretty hard at that because it's, it's kind of like he's he's still peace-loving, happy Vaughn, but he's like, you know, right. sometimes things are not rad. And I think that's something that we need to all be okay with and learn how to how to adapt and grow from is those not right. rad moments. Jeff has a moment where he sees someone that he and and Shirley would have made fun of and has a moment of sadness that their friendship isn't probably going to be what they thought it might have been for a second. He sees Britta and Shirley talking real secretively to each other, probably about him, and Jeff rushes over to Pierce, who's sitting down on the bench asking for his earnoculars so he can <laughs> spy on what Shirley and Britta are saying. And Pierce's speech here is really funny. You see, Jeff, there are certain things man was not meant to hear. We were designed by whatever entity you choose to hear what's in this range, and really this range alone. Because you know who's talking to us in this range? The people we love. Absolutely. And, and because it's like, it sounds like it would be so profound, but it's Pierce saying it. So Yes. Like a lot of things Pierce says, the intent he's trying to get across doesn't come across at all. But there is a small bit of wisdom in there, and Jeff hears it and takes it. And we zoom in on Jeff as he thinks about this, and he has that last line. Uh, he must have heard us call him Inspector Gadget, and that's what gave him, got him to give away the inoculars. Yeah. Or and that's where the episode ends. And I've talked myself into liking it more than I thought I did, although it still isn't a favorite. Yeah, I think it's. I I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. 
But like you said, I don't like it as much as the second or third episode. I like it more than the pilot, personally, but I also get why the pilot holds much more significance than this episode does. It's a small step down, but yeah, it's pretty consistent with the tone of this early version of the show, and it's a pretty successful early episode. What I do love is this end tag. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Ooh, I'm Saddam Hussein, ooh. Nice to meet you, dude. Ooh, wow, I love reading and being a desperate housewife. Hey, man, coming true. I love the desperate housewives. <laughs> I'm Dr. Doogie Seacrest. I think I'm better than everyone else because I'm 40. I'm not 40. I can hear you through the window, morons. This is my favorite one so far. I think I like this one better than the Spanish rap. Really? I love picking up on all of Abed's moments and how he's doing all these silly voices, but Danny is like still portraying Abed doing these silly voices. <laughs> exactly. And Troy's voices are so funny. Like that, I'm Saddam Hussein. <laughs> like like... They were, and all the voices were really good. And it was funny, like and the, I think that... I love the Desperate Housewives, man. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I also love that Abed's the one that did the the Jamaican guy, and Troy did the yeah. Middle Eastern guy. That was hilarious. I love that none of these people that they're imitating are... They can all hear them, but none of them comment on it. <laughs> no. It's Jeff who breaks the silence. And that last little joke that we end the episode on is one of my biggest laughs and most memorable lines from maybe the entire series. Just pretend like you sleep. Just pretend like you were sleeping. <laughs> and Abed's like, okay, and they both act like they were asleep. Yeah, hilarious. And Great ending. yeah, that's the end of the episode. I love that tag. Um, a little bit of an uneven episode, but mm -hmm. still a good one. This all being said, MVP. Okay. Who's the MVP this, this week? This is a tough one for me. Because um, I think that there are a few people that, you know, are, are in the running for me, but there's some folks that yeah. didn't quite. I, okay, I know we're, you know, four episodes in, I'm already going to break the rules. I'm going to have a co-MVP for this one, but it is Troy and Abed, because everything the two of them did the whole episode cracked me up. I didn't think they missed it all, and I think they were in it enough together as a unit to be thought of as my MVP for the episode. It is a strong moment of starting to see these two characters together. Uh, even if the plot wasn't directly like them together, they were together and you were seeing how, how, how great they are together. Absolutely. I, I don't know about all these breaking rules though, man. <laughs> I, if you want to be asked back next week, <laughs> And you're already you're already oh, I know man. I had an extra I, trivia question I, uh... since I'm a rule follower since I'm a law abiding citizen I'm gonna give my MVP just to Abed okay purely because he's the perfect friend in this we all need an Abed in our corner who's willing to just like drop what they were gonna do on their own on a dime to help out a friend he's such a good friend and all these other people are so complicated and their goals are so unclear and manipulative sometimes, and Abba's just genuine, and that shines through in this episode. It's so he true. Gets my he's, MVP. Just a, he's just a, a, a little sweet, little sweet fella. Yeah, yeah. So this is close to wrapping it up for this week. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening. It's been fun. Yeah, I think this was a good one. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, again, uh, can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, MySpace, 4chan, Reddit, uh, 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 Google+, uh, 
Disney Plus, YouTube um, Plus, Wikipedia, you uh, porn. Um, 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 we're everywhere. Farmersonly.com, JDate, yes. Black People Meet, yes. Find us, like yes. us, share yes. us, double tap, triple tap, yeah. Rin yes. tin tin, uh, yes. tin toes down. You know. Let's not prolong this anymore. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, get in touch with us, and we'll be back in touch with you next week. Absolutely. Stay safe, stay fun, and we'll see you next time. From inside the Dreamatorium, this is Zach. And this is Steven. And this has been You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Peace out. Have a good one. We'll see you next time. Bye. Uh, I-